When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hello, welcome to the Newcastle Natter. My name is Fergus Craig. Today, I'm joined by Paul Doolan. Hello. And Dave Watson. Kill me now. Okay, cool. Um, is that to do with the result, Dave, or just, just uh, a chemical imbalance? No, no, just the whole club. Kill me now. Sick of it. It was awful, wasn't it? Yes. So, um, should we start by just addressing the game itself? Sure. Um, Let's yeah. talk about the 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 lineup. Did we feel confident when that lineup came out? No. Not massively, no. <laughs> no. The, the the thing is with the players that we had available, we definitely could have fielded a better eleven than we did. I mean, obviously, Kroll starts in midf- in, uh, in in goal. Then you've got Jan Martin, Williamson at the centre of defence because those are the only two options. But why are we paying Colback, who's arguably our best fit central defensive midfielder? at fullback, mm. when Sunderland haven't been playing with wingers, they've been playing with forwards, like wide forwards. They've been playing three up front with Fletcher and uh, um, Wickham and uh, Defoe. They're playing three up front, so you don't really need like out-and-out fullbacks to, to counter-attack the wing play. So, so the obvious choice would have been uh, World Cup Argentina left-back Jonas? Could have been, yeah. Or it could have, I think it's... I can't think of many players we had for the game that were playing in their best position. Yeah, Colback was another one. I think if you look at our best players, all of them were played out of position. Like Jan Mar, who's our top assister this season, he's mm. been dangerous. We stuck him at centre back. I guess there was a necessity there. Yeah, but the, the who problem. was playing in their best position? Perez and Kroll and Williamson. That's the only one I can... Yeah. That's it. That's it. That's the only ones who are playing in their natural positions. John Carver. That's not his natural <laughs> position. His natural position is on a park bench swearing at people who have walked past. Good call. Thanks. Good call. Or walking dogs with his lesbian partner. So, yeah, Jack, <laughs> Jack Colback at left-back. It's not um, good enough. Personally, I don't think... It, weirdly, our defence wasn't the problem. No, I agree. But it was, so, it was, as, a part, as opposed to Jack... Colback not being good at left back, it was the absence of Jack Colback. Yeah, yeah, uh, absolutely. Um, the frustrating thing for me is we do have a uh, fit left back on the books of Newcastle United, and his name is David Santon. Well, did you see John Carver's interview afterwards saying we don't need him? He started rewriting history already, saying that Santon was pushing for a move. Mm. and didn't want to be there, despite what Santon's girlfriend was saying, wasn't it, on deadline day? Yeah. It's and clear that he was pushed out. And I'm not being funny, but that's, that's Mike Ashley's entire philosophy, is to buy mm. players who are looking for a move to a bigger and better club. So the difference between David Santon, who's complaining that he's not getting starts... Well, I don't think he, he even was. I think he no, no, no. But so this is this is the thing. He's, he's moaning because he's not getting starts, is, is the, the rhetoric coming out of the mm. club. Well... So he's basically fighting for his place in the first team to orchestrate a move away, whereas Johan Kabai was going on strike because he wasn't getting his move away. So to, to lose David Santon for 
pittance because he's trying to move up. Well, that's what yeah. you want. It makes, no, it makes on, no sense. He's away on loan. No, I know, but it's, it's going to be a permanent... Yeah. Yeah. But my point is that, yeah, he's still ostensibly a Newcastle United player and mm. would be getting some starts right now. Yeah. Yeah, as would Yanga and Biwa if he was still yeah. a player. Yeah. We hadn't got rid of him. So um, let's talk more about the game itself before we get right... We could f- go right down the rabbit hole of yeah. Newcastle United FC. Um, there was a shout for the, a penalty, I thought, early on. Soft, I think. Uh, it's, yeah. I, the problem, we didn't lose that game because we didn't get a, a soft penalty. We yeah. lost that game because... Worth bringing up, though, I thought. I thought it was a penalty. I think it, it possibly was, but I think if it had been against us, we yeah. would have said... No, you don't get them normally. Well, that's football, Paul. Exactly. <laughs> that's the nature of... But I agree with Dave. It, it wouldn't have papered over the cracks even. It could have been 3-0. Yeah. It yeah. probably should have been. We were abject. That's as, as much as the, the last 45 minutes against Arsenal was the best I've seen this season, that 90 minutes was the worst I've seen all season. And not just because it was against Sunderland and I hate Sunderland. Simply because... There was just no plan, no plan whatsoever. We had, like you're saying, we had no midfield, so the balls that were being pushed forward were coming straight back to us. We we had a diminutive striker up front, and John Carver still hitting long balls towards him. It's just there was just no idea what we were doing, and nobody on the pitch that was. I mean, his quote before the game that no no team of mine will ever be outfought for the ball. (laughs) No team of mine. Well, you're wrong, John, because they have been all like ever since you took over, and they certainly were last game. It's classic Orwellian double speak there from John Carver. Mm-hmm. An amazing moment for me was when uh, Riviere came on, and I thought, oh well, if we're going to knock long balls, at least we'll be knocking them to Riviere. Nope. Immediately knock one another one to Paris. Yeah, <laughs> it's just. I've I was saying this to Dave earlier. I've no idea what our sort of natural game is. Like when you hear opposition managers it's say about... It's not football. I'd say it's not football. <laughs> I'd agree. Table <laughs> tennis. When you hear other managers say, well, we just have to stop them playing like their normal game, I couldn't tell you in the last two years what our game plan has ever been. Well, because my, my point was going to be that under Pardew, we played a direct game and um, it looked to, to make as much hay as we possibly can out of a moment of brilliance from someone like Kabai or Ben Arthur or Demba Bar or Papi mm. Cisse, as it is just, just hoping to soak up the pressure. So when, when we were beaten, we were absolutely hammered because we're just inviting pressure and knocking a long ball forward. And under Carver, we haven't even got that. It's, John Carver is... He might be a decent number two, but I reckon he's a number two in the same vein as like Terry Mack, where Terry Mack was sent out to the... The bookies to place the bets or to pop the cones out. It's sort of for morale, I think, isn't it? Yeah, he's got no technical idea. He's He's the coach driver. Yeah. He's a natural coach driver, John Carver. He's inept. He's inept. Give him a white short sleeve shirt (laughs) and have him driving coaches in France. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah, get some of them coach driver sunglasses. Yeah. Yeah. What, the ones that flip up? Yeah. Yeah, nice. So, um, uh, let's let's go. I I have to say, dead quick. Beautiful goal. You've got to, yeah. you've got to oh, give them yeah. credit. It was an absolute stunner. And I can think of someone who agrees with that. Tim, Tim Krul. Krul. 
Yeah. That, that's a storm. No, it was. Goal. It yeah, is. Uh, no, it was. It was an amazing goal. It's an amazing goal. And to think that that was the only difference in the scoreline between us does them a disservice because they were better yeah, than that's, us. Yeah, but that's the amazing thing. It shows how bad we were. That Well, does it show how bad we were? What I'm trying to say is uh, they are so awful mm. as well that it took that wonder goal to beat a team as bad as us. I yeah. That's what I'm trying yeah. to say. Yeah. I think if you were to pick a team to come up against at the moment in the league, you'd choose Newcastle or Sunderland. And they... Yeah. We're on the same level as them probably and they comprehensively outplayed us. Well, because again, they've got... Like you were just saying, there is no Newcastle style of play at the minute. They definitely... Like Dick Advocar's put in them an idea of how to play and it, mm. it makes sense because they're using the, the players that they've got in the right position to get a result. And yeah. they're not going to get too many more results because they're, they're abject. They are, they are a fucking terrible side. They really are. We made them look mid-table Premier League and they're definitely not that. I reckon that if... Well, well we keep them up every yeah, season. I was just about to say, if we've that's given the, them 15 uh, points talk, off. Yeah, that's the talk. We've, we've kept them up the last... Two and a half seasons. <laughs> well, it's nice to always have the derby to look forward yeah. to, isn't it? You know? It was nice to see Adam Johnson, who their fans have turned on before, get a hero's welcome coming up. Yeah, what it does just, that say? That's it just <laughs> says, if you want the fans behind you, you know what to do. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we'll leave that. We'll leave it that. there. I'm giving that a wide yeah. berth. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. Well, yeah. I think he should have, mate. Ooh. So, um... Yeah, we lacked uh, Media Bead in central midfield, I reckon. He was available as well, I know, wasn't he? Yeah, he was uh, on the bench. Yeah. There's what an argument that he wasn't match fit, but I'd much rather, if they're not match fit, like start the, the, the players na- in their natural positions or as close to damn possible. Yeah. And then when they tire, you should already... like we, we sh- Newcastle United should already have been 3-0 up by the time Media Bead's you know, dwindling because he's not match fit. By the time Jonas Gutierrez is, is dwindling because he's not match fit. Like, yeah. by that time, why, just establish... Why should, why should we have been 3 0 up? Because man for man, player for player, we are much better. Are we? Yes. Absolutely. Really? Yeah. I, look at their, their front three. Jermaine right, Wick, Wickham is... Right, Wickham Fletcher are... Not even bang average Premier League strikers. They're yes. not very good. Okay, okay. I, I, I would have Perez. Sammy Amiobi, Perez. Okay, so because Manuel Riviere. <laughs> My point was going to be that you you play with the back four that we could have fielded, and they would have been able to handle. And what is that back four? Uh, mine would have been um, Taylor, Janmark, Williamson, and um, either Anita, Anita or... Yeah, or, or maybe Jonas Gutierrez at fullback. One of those. And that's still, even though it's hodgepodge, it's still good enough to look after those. Then you play uh, the midfield with Colback, Abade, and Sissoko, and they are definitely good enough to actually get a grip on the midfield of Larson, Catamol, and... God, who was it? I can't even remember. Is it Bridcut? Sure. Bridcut, for God's sake. I'm not sure Bridcut's if a, it was. He, he, if it is, I can't remember who it was, but terrible. And then their back four. Oh, it was Gomez. It was Jordi Gomez. Oh, of course. Yeah. Um, you, you, you get amongst them. Like, Aston Villa, who are 
terrible that we coasted to victory against 1-0. Like, just under Carver we beat them. They put four past Sunderland by just getting at them and, and playing with an idea and with a strategy. The reason we lost is not because Sunderland are better than we are. It's because we didn't know what to do. Just in case anyone listening is worried, we've taken Dave's shoelaces off him. <laughs> he can't hang himself. Oh, I just fucking hate them. Um, okay, so uh, what other talking points do we have from the game? Um, that's not lost. I mean, it was an awful game. Yeah. It was... Yeah. It was a, I think uh, it was Bill as the desperation derby, and I think that's pretty accurate. Um, Sums up Derby as a city as well. <laughs> Should we nicely. talk uh, a little bit about that, um, about Tim Krull and uh, Jermaine Defoe? Paul, any opinions on that? I've, it made me realise how suggestible I am to what pundits say. Because I've, I've gone full thought. circle yeah. on all of this. Yeah. Like when I heard people... Part of me thinks, like, you can't imagine somebody like Roy Keane allowing that in their team in a big derby. It's yeah. sort of unforgivable. But then part of me like, it's the goalkeeper. If any player can congratulate someone, you kind of think it's the keeper. They're just, they're immune from the rest of it. Did I, you... I don't. I don't think it's a. I don't think it's a big deal in of itself. But considering how bad the performance was, mm. just it was unfortunate for Tim Krull that that was caught on camera because I would go so far as to say that it was galling. Yeah. <laughs> it was very annoying. And I think someone like Roy Keane is a good example of uh, a player who would not have done that. But did and you I don't, see... think it me- it, don't think it makes Tim Crow a bad professional or says anything, but just from, but when it comes from in a, a supporter's performance... point of view, it's annoying. I think when it comes in a performance like that where so many players look like they just don't get the gravity of the game. I, I honestly think it's a storm in a teacup. I think that um, Tim, Tim Krull was... Because you, you saw when Defoe came off the pitch, he was in tears. And what yeah, Tim Krull... Because it meant so much to him yeah. because he normally scores like tap-ins because he hasn't been... He hasn't exactly lit up the Premier League. It's... You know, he, yeah. it, it's a big goal in a big derby that got a huge ovation. Yeah. And, yeah, I, I get why the, the, the moment got to him, the occasion got to him. And Tim Krull said afterwards, he, he bravely faced the press and said, look, the reason, I, like, the reason I was waiting for him is because I said some things to him. What I said I can't repeat because it wasn't as congratulatory as people are making out. It, it was actually yeah. like, you lucky son yeah. of a whatever... Um, you'll not do that again kind of thing. And the reason, like, I honestly believe the reason he was smiling is because he, was, he didn't want to go, oh, you know, like, finger-pointing, you lucky, blah, blah, blah. That's not Tim Kroll. He's not an aggressive yeah. man. So I, I think it's just someone he... And it's... It's, it's far from our biggest problem. Yeah, well. I was going to say. Yeah. Like if, yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Fair enough. We'll move on. I just thought it was worth, worth bringing up. It was. Um, so, um, the... Are we going to go down? We've got 35 points. I still think 35 might be enough. But I do... Do you mean if we didn't get a single other point? I do worry where our next point is going to come from. I think we've got Swansea at home. Our last five games are... They'll give us at least... Five or six Will points. They? Yeah, Will yeah, they? Yeah. Will yeah. they? We're, we're facing, it's hard to see where our next We're facing teams from, like really. West Brom, Swansea, West Ham. 
I'm they're sure all facing a team just, like Newcastle. We've just, yeah, we've just faced Sunderland. Yeah, but I, I, I honestly... Sunderland have got something to fight for, and it's the biggest game of their season. It is. We are their FA Cup. It's the biggest them. game of our season. It, it is now. We're not. It, not for the players. Not, I would, yeah, I was going to say, it is for the fans. It yeah. isn't for the, the players and the... the it's not for Moose and the, and the. I think, I don't... To answer your question, which I think you were going to ask, which is what is our biggest game of the season, I think our biggest game of the season is the one that convinces Mike Ashley that we're safe. And I think that yeah. happened yeah. before the third round of the FA Cup. I just think that nah, we're, we're safe because we've accrued enough points before Christmas and the teams below us, like QPR, Burnley, Leicester, have, haven't. And that's why we're safe. We're, we're safe. all put... There was a lot of good performances from relegation teams this yeah. weekend. There, there were some... Yeah, things can, great. Things can change. Yeah. One of those teams, which I think is safe, um, is managed by Alan Pardew. And they're now above us. <laughs> and uh, they, they put in a great performance yeah. last night why, against Manchester why, City. Why do you want to make me sad? Come back, Pardew, please. <laughs> I'm going to cut you. Um, wow. <laughs> <laughs> no, the, the, reason that, the reason that Palace are doing okay is because they've got... Like, Neil Warnock is a terrible manager and Alan Pardew's an average Premier League manager. Um, he, he got some awful results with us and, like, awful results with us and was a horrible person. He is exactly the right kind of man to manage Crystal Palace because he is loved by the fans immediately. He'll get them enough points to keep them, I don't know, 14th, 15th for a couple of seasons. But you, you look at next season when he starts buying players in the mould of... James Perch, Mike Williamson. Um, who did he want us to sign? Like Darren Bent. Those are the kind of... That's, that's a Alan Pardew signing, and at Palace he'll get free reign to do that. And let's see how well he does then. So, um, we've, the next couple of games we've got coming up are we've got Liverpool away. Oh, God. Yep. Um, Why so do you want to make me Palace sad? And then, here's something we're talking about. We've got Tottenham at home, and there seems to be a... Twitter campaign building up uh, to boycott that game. What do you think about that, Paul? Uh, I think some form of protest needs to be done. But I, my worry is the same with all of this, is that Twitter doesn't translate to the general public in any way, really. I agree. Yeah. I'd agree with I'd that. say 80% of the fans that are going through the gates aren't on Twitter regularly. Yeah. I think it's... It's admirable to have some kind of protest and it feels like the right time. And there's a lot of infighting between groups of fans, groups of Newcastle fans about the right way to do it. I think trying to do anything is a step in the right direction. I think it's a shame as a, as a club, for whatever reason, our, despite being a one-club city, for whatever reason, our uh, supporter base... Um, hasn't tended to be that organised. I mm. think there's been attempts to organise, but there's there's never quite a clear enough message. I, and I think wonder whether it's something to do with alcohol. <laughs> <laughs> I just think they could do with a genuine figurehead. If you could imagine no. the boycott campaign getting like a Rob Lee or an Alan Shearer, oh, okay, on board. Not I'm not talking like a what's his name, Steve, Steve Wraith, um, but like an actual. Club legend on, but even a, what about like a, a Keegan? 
the podcast to finally are you, say are you putting yourself forward to be the absolutely help? yeah I think I think a- if there's one voice that <laughs> um, that Newcastle supporters will respond kindly to it is a guy that grew up in Essex <laughs> <laughs> hashtag fight with Fergus yeah. Yeah. I think I honestly think that it's a it's a great idea I think um, everybody who has a public voice. So even a podcast like ours, a podcast like uh, the True Faith podcast, the Taylor and Best podcast, everybody should be saying boycott. Boycott Spurs yeah. and take a stand. Like if, if The only way to make sure that something gets done is by doing something. If you do nothing, yeah. nothing will get done. I've always uh, tended to be against boycotts because I just... I feel like, I don't know, I've just always tended to be against them because I think that people enjoy going to football. And oh, David! Jesus Christ. Um, apologies for that. David's just got a, a mobile phone and he's very excited. So, <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I've always sort of been against, podca- uh, against boycotts because I thought it was sort of too negative and counterproductive. But I think if ever there was a time... Now is the time. Mm. And I wonder whether... I mean, how many home games are there left? I think there's like four, is there? Yeah, about that. Um, I was saying to Dave earlier, even if we don't boycott, doing a a more positive version so you have more fans outside the stadium than inside. So just mobilising people to do so. Because that would get you the same attention as a boycott without stopping people going into... Because I can understand it. If you've paid a lot of money and booked your train to go up, yeah. To a game. Yeah, but the, so the. I mean, you, the, at the same time, that's quite lame of me because you do have to make some kind of sacrifice if you want yeah. something to be done. And but if, if it's sufficiently organised like this one is, where it's already saying boycott, boycott Spurs, and even if they say right, well, if you can't boycott Spurs, boycott the next home game, and if you, I mean, if it's that far in advance, you haven't bought the tickets yet. You haven't well, like the the train hmm. tickets up to visit, and it's the majority of the fans at Newcastle live in or around the area. So if you get to the ground and there's a 20,000-strong peop- uh, group outside the, the ground, say, like, chanting anti-Ashley songs and stuff, and if people come up to you in a, in a respectful way and say, look, if you go in there, it'll, it will continue. If you stay out, it might change. But the only way we're going to make a change is if we do something. And it's dead easy for somebody who lives in London who doesn't go to the home games as often as he'd like to say, oh, just don't go. Because a lot of people, it's part of their week. It's part of yeah, their, their ritual. Here's, here's my uh, idea for that. Um, one, I would say, if, if for those last few home games, the attendance was 30,000, for example, that would be amazing. I think that would make mm. quite a big difference. I mean, that would be something that would be it would certainly be picked up in, yeah. as a protest and would be impossible to ignore. I would suggest. I mean, although Ashley is capable of ignoring a lot, but financially mm. that would that would be something that would have to be paid attention to. Um, yeah, I would. I would suggest. I yeah. think the gate receipts are too insignificant. Yeah. No, what I mean is, what I mean is, it, it um, not just the gate receipts, but it 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 adds such a negativity to the club. It's mm. such a public... It, you wouldn't be confident of staying up next season if it, with a club with, with a sudden 20,000 drop in supporters. That's. I think there would have to be 
it's it's like like Paul's saying, it's not just about having twenty thousand empty seats in the in the stadium. You'd have to have of those twenty thousand that didn't go. 10,000, 15,000 yeah. outside the ground protesting for it to... Because yeah. otherwise it can be dismissed as, well, it's the tail end of the season, they've got nothing to play for, of course. My other idea would yeah. be, um, what if... And this would only be like a couple of thousand fans doing it, whatever. What if, um, for those who could afford to, um, if they went to watch Gateshead? I mean, it's not... The game against Spurs mm. is on a Sunday, so it's not the same time. Well, there's a big there's resurgence a... in North Shields now. Their yeah, attendance, yeah. a lot of Newcastle right. fans have started going to them. Well, in, the, in that case, maybe if everyone was to get behind, then if that mm. was suddenly... Absolutely. I think that could be a, a positive thing as well. Definitely. Know, in the Got... way that... Um, uh, although I don't know if it, how much difference it made, but there was a movement at Man United, wasn't there, behind... Um, FCUM. Yeah. And then, obviously, there was AFC Wimbledon, but that was... The altogether more extreme situation. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But um, I feel like that could be quite a positive. Uh, to be honest, to I'd back anybody that that goes and supports their local local team. I'd, I'd advocate that um, any time that the Premier League side's not playing at home, and the the non-league side is like Blythe Spartans or Gateshead yeah. or North Shields or something like, just go and watch them. It's it's much better it's, than watching. It's obviously about what people can afford. But yeah, but then a, but a I think just trying to do something. Like a, yeah, eight quid. Yeah. It's, it's bottoms. I think it's just trying to do something and not just yeah. accept it is the key thing. Definitely. I, I, I don't see any value in turning up and grumbling. It's like people who don't like the way the country's going and don't vote. Well, then do something about it. Mm. And again, it's dead easy for somebody who doesn't live there, doesn't have a season ticket to say don't go. But as somebody, as somebody who's got, like, I don't know how many people listen to this, but... Anybody who does listen to this, who do live up there, I personally, Dave Watson, say, don't go. Don't go, to, don't go to watch them against Spurs. Don't go to any home game for the rest of the season. Go to the pub with your mates. If you want to watch it on telly, watch it on telly. Like, instead, like if you want to watch the game, watch it on telly with your mates instead of going to the ground. Anything go. that makes a, an impact. There you go, Dave Watson. What Dave Watson says. Well, I didn't want to speak on behalf be... of the podcast. No, but I'm no, saying personally, yeah. but you're also speaking on behalf of Newcastle coach Dave Watson as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And the ex Everton defender, the same Dave person. You've Is got it? yeah, the same guy, same guy. You've got the um, <laughs> you've got the right accent, Dave. You what? could be the um, the voice the of the Martin Luther King of this movement. Well, I did have a dream, but it had nothing to do with football. Right. Okay. There's jelly involved. Okay. Yeah. So. Um, is there, I mean, we've sort of gone through on many podcasts um, lots of the ins and outs. I mean, we know what the problems are there at the, don't we? Well, yeah, but there's we one We know th- what, I'm, what I'm saying is we know what it, it, it is that we're protesting, right? Well, is it, what is the ultimate aim? Is what? it, is it Ashley gone? I, yeah. That's the well, obvious one. So I want to make, I want to get something absolutely clear that Mike Ashley's got one one thing that he wants from Newcastle United. He wants a Premier League vehicle for Sports Direct. That is his, that's his yeah. raison d'etre. So when people are saying, that, oh, we'll, we'll stick with Carver next season, no, we won't, because that's a risk to his Premier League vehicle for Sports Direct. Yeah. People are saying, we're not going to strengthen the squad next season, we're going to stick with, like, Goufran and all the rest of it. No, we won't, because that's a risk to his Sports Direct vehicle. 
I would say that Mike Ashley could have everything that he wants from it, which is a vehicle for sports direct in the Premier League, and yet still attack the cops, go for Europe, be ambitious without risking Premier League relegation. I don't think it's ever going to happen with him. I don't. I, I, just think, I, I think agree, he hates. But I'm saying the fans as well. After the I don't out. think he hates the fans. I just don't think he gives them monkeys. I think I don't think it'll happen. But I think if there was like a thirty thousand attendance in those last few home games, I think that that would would mean that this summer, in terms of uh, head coach or manager appointment, and in terms of transfers would be, and and also because of the balance sheet that we have, would be more po- positive than it mm. would otherwise be. But then that could have been the plan all along. It feels a little bit like the uh, the stadium naming rights thing, where they changed it to Sports Direct Arena and then claimed that Wonga had bought the rights to make it feel like a softer blow that Wonga had come in. Well, it feels be- like this could be the same kind of thing where they're planning to have a big recruitment thing anyway, but just just riding out the end of the season because it's not going to make a difference and it makes anything they do in the summer, whether it was already planned or not, seem like they've responded. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, I, I think you know, there's not, not a lot else to say. I mean, there's a lot else to say. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, I know, you know, we've all got um, Prozac to take. Um <laughs> There's one thing I didn't mention earlier on. It's just a trivial little thing. I keep on meaning to mention this on every podcast. And it's Sammy Amiobi's breathing. Have you noticed Sammy Obi? Oh, that's not a statement that he is breathing. (laughs) (laughs) As if you don't want it to happen anymore. He's breathing. No one ever. He breathes in a really weird way. He always looks like he's really short of breath, like he's having an asthma attack. Like a. Like, I mean, just I've never really hyperventilating. Short. Yeah, he's got that really weird breathing. He's, just watch him next. He, next. He, he can't. He can't be playing. I'd say that's season. the only standout thing about him as a footballer. Yeah, yeah. such a shame that his online social media impact has failed so drastically. He used to be dead fun on social media. He used to be, you know, really interesting. I had good stories and stuff. These days, it's all about his. You know, he's praising God and saying that yeah. hate is going to hate. He's probably received a lot of abuse. Like oh, a a lot better. of Newcastle be, players. Be better. And then you don't get the abuse. Well, no, I'm, I'm not going to subscribe <laughs> to that. Yeah. Don't I don't think he's got anyone. better in him. I think he's, he's just playing at the wrong level, which a lot of yeah. players are. It's not God, necessarily so their depressing. fault. Have you anything positive? Please, somebody, tell me something positive about Newcastle United. Go, now. Um, hang on. This is what I'm saying. This is so shit. Paul, go now. We have uh-huh. <laughs> something positive. Perez, Perez. Might, might be good. Yeah. <laughs> um, we've not seen De Jong yet. That's the only. Yeah, thing. that's it. We've not. Okay. One of CM De Jong's uh, lungs, lungs is, okay. is, is thus far not collapsed. Maybe that's, that's why Amiobi's like always out of breath. Maybe he's donated a lung to CM De Jong. Yeah, that's what it is. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would back that move. So, yeah. Something else positive? I'd, I'd give him another one if I was him. Something else positive? We can't get much worse. Oh, don't. Why would you, why would you open we that We can't door? have a worse manager. <laughs> These are positive. True enough. Yeah, yeah. I quite like the stadium. Yeah. 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 Um... <laughs> 
Jan Mart? Yes. Love, love Jan Mart. Yeah. I'd have a team of Jan Marts. Yeah. Mm. So, <laughs> be right heavy. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm all right with that. Tim Crawl, a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing so as good this season. I reckon there's a decent spine there. We just need the good coach and. And we've got the best support in the world. We need a good Not 11 knee players. <laughs> Here's the thing. Sunderland beat us five times in a row. Yeah. Right? And uh, now, in history, over the course of the, uh, the derby, yeah. we're only just ahead of them. And they've actually scored two more goals than us, which is depressing. Yeah. But well, in terms of the size of... And this is going to sound really sort of defensive, but in terms of the size of our clubs... Do they have a... Like, how many podcasts have they got? But then have you they just... got a podcast in London? With, if they got, like... Then you're no better than a Villa fan going mm. on about the size of the club. We, well, you're no better it, than a... Take it for yeah. what it is. We lost yeah. to a team that played better. I mean, We're still to, bigger to, than They are shit, yeah. and they'll always be shit. They'll always live in our shadow, and they'll always be bitter against us and good. Even if even in the, even in the championship, we're better and bigger and brighter and prettier. All right, okay, well, be- that's it, guys. <laughs> better, bigger, brighter, prettier. So um, we've got Spurs next. No, we've got Liverpool, Liverpool next. next sorry, next Monday. <laughs> Quick, prediction. they're playing in the week, aren't they? In the cup against Blackburn. All oh, right, well, I we'll, we'll don't do think we'll do I don't think it will make a blind bit of difference. They'll comfortably beat us three or four nil. Yeah, Dave, one one. 1-1. One, one. Yeah, that's my standard prediction. 1-1. 1-1. 1-1. You can't do that. Yeah. Liverpool have... They seem to have dropped in form. We might do that weird thing where we put in a half-decent performance against a good team. They yeah. often seem to hammer us, though, Liverpool. Yeah, but, you know, Andy Cole scored a hat-trick 25 <laughs> years ago. <laughs> um, all right. So, um, uh, thanks for listening, guys. Get in uh, touch. Get in touch. Um it would be interesting to know what, what solutions you have. If anybody's got anything positive to say anything to me positive. at this day, yeah. tell if me. Anyone wants to, yeah. If anyone wants any suggestions for a new hobby, should we all, <laughs> should we all just give up? <laughs> should we all just get into something else? Do you know what I mean? Read more, go to the yeah. movies on Saturday afternoons. Yeah. This could become a book club. Yeah, podcast. Let's, let's, just, <laughs> let's just do something else. So, um, so next week, read Donna Tart's The Goldfinch before yeah, listening. Yeah, and we're all, yeah, next week we're all going to talk about <laughs> Donna Tart's book, The Goldfinch. <laughs> all right. Uh, thanks for listening. Uh, get in touch at Newcastle Natter. Download the app. Uh, give us a rating or a comment on uh, iTunes as long as it's positive, and uh, we'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye. 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 Social Podcast Network.